1: made a request I'd like a 30% raise I'd like a promotion to this position whatever you've said this is what I want you can even say this is my request mm-hmm. remember a request is not a demand a request is just a request they can say yes no or counteroffer. so you've already made that now it's the time to really listen it's not the time for negotiating you're actually in a negotiation but you want to hear what they've got to say get curious like What does your boss think about your capabilities? What does your boss think, you know, if your boss thinks you're not ready, what does your boss think you need to do? Concrete stuff. I want a pen and paper. What do I need to achieve to prove that I am ready?
0: Hey U-Turners, it's Ash here, and we are in the work category, which is my main category given that I've been doing this career stuff for a decade now, I just realized this morning. I'm so excited to share David Wood with you today. He's a leading coach. He's a trainer. He's been coaching individuals for a really long time on how to have tough conversations, and now he's at it in the workplace, which is so exciting. So of course, I want him to share his four steps with you on how you can start having more successful challenging conversations david thank you so much for making this time
1: you're welcome i'm excited to be here i like your energy ashley
0: thank you i just really love this show and i feel like topics like what you're about to dive into it's like i don't i even want myself to stop talking because i'm like wow you're just gonna shine um what got you so interested in this concept of tough conversations because i know that so many people have them some successfully some not so much what why the interest
1: yeah, and I also think most of us don't even realize the tough conversations that are waiting to happen because the mind wants to sweep them under the carpet. But what got me into it is I, I was successful by most people's measure. I was on Park Avenue at the age of 24 consulting to Fortune 100 companies like Sony Music and Exxon and Ford. And a lot of people would say I had it made. But fortunately, I discovered a personal growth course, which I really resisted because I thought they were all smiling way too much and they had name tags. <laughs> and I'm like, this is some cult bullshit. I'm going to get in and out. But fortunately, I didn't get out. Fortunately, I got in and then I thought, well, I'll just do the second one and then I'll, then I'll stop. But then I saw everyone was getting so motivated in their lives and excited. I'm like, I could use that and during those courses what they had me do was look at any area of my life that was incomplete so and i didn't want to look at these areas but i'd look at current relationships maybe my my wife at the time some work relationships they'd say what's incomplete and and we go back through past relationships like who's anybody that you resent david like well i don't like that guy from when i was 12 years old who kept on uh, one-upping me in class and putting me down and like, alright, put him on the list and that girl who broke up with me twice I'm still annoyed at her and I wouldn't want to see her on the street um, she just dumped me twice when I was 15 and they're like, great, add her to the list and then they encouraged me to have conversations with all those people and I said, no
0: <laughs>
1: <clears throat> no I'm not calling that guy from, I haven't talked to him for 20 years I'm not going to call him, and I'm not calling that girl and saying, hey, I felt really bad when you gave me the cold shoulder 20, 30 years ago.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine? Actually, you probably can. Did you do it?
1: I can because I did it. Oh, my god! I did both those calls, and it was terrifying. Now, I found out there's a reason we avoid these calls, and one reason is because we might feel really awkward and we're worried about people judging us, and it's it's terrifying to have the, the idea of this guy saying to me, you're an absolute dickhead. Why would I talk to you? I was so scared of that. But through the coaching, I got to realize why I was afraid and they convinced me that there might be some profit in it. There might be some gain. And so I finally finally went and did it and I had incredible experiences talking to these people who I thought were horrible people. And I thought, I can't do it because 20 years have passed. Well, you know what? I discovered that humans are humans. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if time has passed. It doesn't matter what your relationship is to them. We're all human. And uh, and I, I really had surprising experiences talking to these people. So I became, over time, a huge fan of tough conversations. I believe that tough the tough conversations we haven't had form the boundaries of our world.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Meaning, meaning like when you say boundaries of our world, is it like a a limit on ourselves because we're holding on to something that we haven't addressed? Or can you elaborate a little bit more on how do these avoided tough conversations create boundaries in our lives?
1: Yeah, they form the boundaries of our world. So have you seen The Truman Show?
0: Uh, yeah, but it's been so long. That's pretty most retro. Most people movie. have
1: seen the. Yeah. Right, well, s- spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but most people have seen it. Um, he's in this world and there are literally walls to his world, but he doesn't know it. He's just going around his world. He doesn't know that there are boundaries. Like he's in a, in a massive dome, basically. He has no idea. Well, so are we. We're, we're in, in domes and we've got limits on our reality. So you said limit on yourself. Yes, that's, that's, that's one example. But also we place limits on what we expect from other people. For example, I thought this guy was a dickhead from, from school. And when I had the conversation with him and told him I've been holding onto this for 20 years and I'm letting it go now, he said to me, well, what can I say or do now to help you or us move forward? I was blown away and my reality shifted. So he was just like just a dickhead. And now he's this amazing, interesting, caring person. I'm like, how is that possible? So things start shifting around in my brain and reality starts to actually move. I coached somebody a couple of weeks ago who was in a job interview and she didn't like how she was being spoken to Mm. by the boss. It just felt curt and commanding and she didn't like it. And I said, have you considered speaking up and having a tough or awkward conversation and making a request that he speak differently if you were to go forward and take the job. And she's like, no way. right? So she's got a limit on her reality in her mind. This can't shift. And she just said, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to take the job and go. So we worked a little deeper and we did a role play and turned out she was afraid that he was going to say, you're just being too sensitive. And I helped her find a way to be offered to that. I said, "What if you said, maybe so? I am very sensitive, but that doesn't that doesn't alter my request. So that's my alarm to do this podcast.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but but that doesn't alter my request. Would you be willing to shift how you um, give instructions to me?" And she's like, "Wow, okay, I can try that." She went and had the conversation, and he was really interested. He's like, oh, I had no idea. I'd love to change my language. Would you show me how?
0: Well, the one question that's coming up, and I know you, there's a lot here, is some people have a CEO that is maybe a bit emotionally, like maybe their CEO, their director, their vice president, whoever they're having a the tough conversation with. And their experience is that the person's unpredictable, because I know that there's a lot of toxicity also in the workplace. And um, one of the biggest challenges people have in preparing for that is sometimes not knowing if it's really going to affect their job or they're going to lose their job. Um, is there time where you think, okay, maybe you shouldn't have this tough conversation?
1: Oh yes, yes. I, I have a worksheet, and we can give give your listeners access to the worksheet and the four step blueprint on how to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. But the worksheet, uh, one of the questions is, what are you risking? What's your fear or your concern? And that's valid. That's one of the reasons we haven't had these. Now, it might just be that you might feel awkward or they might call you a sissy or they, who knows what, it might be something that you're willing to face. But you might be willing, you might be risking losing your job. You might be risking a demotion or being put on the outside. You might, if you confess to your romantic partner that you cheated, you could be risking... Mm-hmm. Um, them breaking up with you. Mm-hmm. If you confess to a crime, which I've done, if you confess to a crime, you could be risking prosecution and prison. So it's, it's really important to work out what, in my mind, am I risking? And then, equally important, what is the potential gain? Mm-hmm. Because the mind won't often present that to us. But you look at the gain, then you look at the risk and say... Am I willing to speak up for self-expression and and a possible great external result and take this risk of this consequence? And if you're not willing to risk losing your job to speak up, then maybe you don't have that conversation. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to risk prison, then don't go and confess to somebody. I I have my own point of view. I think that 99% of the time, to me, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Because I want to rock the boat and I want things to roll out the way they're supposed to and the way the universe wants them to. Now, I know that's, that's getting a bit um, spiritual and, and perhaps airy-fairy to some people, but I believe that the mind doesn't have a billionth of the information it needs to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. So I err on the side of truth and I let other people work out how it's supposed to happen.
0: It's helpful. It's a level of um, trust with the world and with yourself to be able to stand in that kind of risk. And I know that's not for everybody. I'm a lot more like you. I resonate with that because I I think the heaviness of carrying something usually to me is heavier than the um, punishment, for lack of a better term, um,
1: or the risk. that's beautifully said. Yeah. I totally agree. Einstein said there's only one fundamental question to answer. Is the universe friendly?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. Exactly. And
1: I've and Byron Katie um, says this a lot too, is the universe friendly? If you decide it's not, then you might not want to have a lot of those tough conversations and you might want to play, uh, play it really safe. But if you do believe that the universe is friendly, then you can start to let go a lot. You can start to talk to your boss more, to your partner more, to your kids more. And you can start to express yourself because that's my secret mission. I actually want us all self-expressed and I want us all loving ourselves more and tough conversations are a great doorway to both of those things.
0: Mm, love this. Okay. And you know, it's, it's interesting because we hear a lot about, Oh my gosh, um, David, my boyfriend's downstairs and he heard you say the universe is friendly. And he just texted my computer. The universe is friendly to me. <laughs> 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 you know, I honestly was just kind of tuning into how so many people, um, run their lives on avoiding and kind of this idea that you were talking about with boundaries, which I thought boundaries was an interesting word you use because to me, it sounded more like barriers. You know, like when I think of boundaries, I think of a healthy, no versus barriers are like a wall, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, that's good. Barriers might be a better word. They form the barriers. To our world, it's the edges of our world. If we want our world to be more expanded, find a tough conversation, take you know, go through the worksheet, follow the four steps, and take a risk. Your world will literally change. Your inner world, how you feel about yourself, and then you get a deeper connection. Usually, if you do the conversation artfully, you get a deeper connection with the other person. And as a bonus you'll get some kind of, often, some kind of external result. The person might say yes. They might change their behavior. You, you, like this, this woman I coach with, a potential boss. Change his behavior. She got the job.
0: And you got so much experience with people, whether you're coaching individuals, whether you're going into corporations, that they can follow steps, but there's so much fear as they're going in. And is there anything around their mindset that you can offer to shift the way that they're relating to it?
1: Yeah. What a beautiful question. So when you prepare for your conversation, you will get clear on what your hope is. And that makes a big difference because if you're just thinking, oh, this is so awkward, I'm going to go into it and have it, but you don't even have a beautiful outcome in mind, then it's going to be scary. So getting clear on the hope is great. And then when you actually come to the point of sharing that hope with the person, you're going to get on the same page. They'll be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I hope for that too. So the hope is important. And then getting clear on the fear actually helps the fear lessen. Because when you can name it, like, oh, I'm afraid you're going to uh, reject me or you're not going to put me on this project, or I'm afraid you're going to fire me if I say this, it actually helps me. To get clear on that and to name it. I'm now less of afraid of it because I can, I can name what it is. Okay. And then when I share that fear, when we actually get to the steps of having the conversation, one of the steps is sharing the fear. And that helps too. I, I'm kind of preempting it. I'm worried you might get angry in having this conversation. I'm worried you might get defensive. I'm mm. worried you might, um, not. Let me get it all out.
0: Mm.
1: And, and is- I find that helps too. Just to, like when I called this guy from school mm-hmm. and the first thing I said is I'm really worried about having this conversation because I'm worried you're going to think I'm a dickhead. <laughs> that great. gave me access to having the conversation because that was the truth. And he said, oh, wow. All right. Well, what do you got? Go for it. He got curious. Mm. So those are some things I would suggest. Oh, another thing to reduce the fear is in following the four steps, one of the steps is to get curious and get their world and find out what their opinion is. They might have a better idea than you do. And so when we start to think like that, we're starting to get in partnership with them and we're getting away from the idea of I'm separate, I've got to control this, I've got to get all this right. It's like, no, I'm going to go in with vulnerability and share my issue, maybe make a request and then we'll work it out together. That is way less scary than being a control freak.
0: And is that one of the steps of having a tough conversation or a thought that just kind of can exist before they walk in?
1: It's one of the steps. Okay. It's one of the steps. So so you prepare, you prepare for it, and then you go in and you do four steps. And you can even have these written down and say, look, I wanted to make sure I don't miss anything. I actually wrote down some stuff so I can just kind of stay on track.
0: Mm, beautiful. Do you think that would appear um... – like anxious to somebody, like let's say in the workplace, you're going to a manager and you're like, okay, um, you know, you scheduled the conversation, you walk in and you have your notes and you look over and say, Hey, I, you know, I just have some notes um, for this. Or do you think that there's a way to appear almost like prepared through having that?
1: I would say notice if you're trying to present a certain image, like if you're anxious about it, One way is you can try and pretend that you're not. But I I would say if you're anxious about it, how about letting them know? You know, this feels important to me and I feel a bit anxious about it. And I I wasn't sure I'd remember everything, so I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. This is vulnerability, Mm. which I think... uh, I'm a much more a fan of vulnerability than rather pretending and going in and trying to have a tough conversation and pretending you've got it all together. No part of the access to connecting with someone is being real. And if you're a little bit nervous about it, or you're worried about some kind of outcome, you can actually usually share it. It -hmm. depends on the, on the, on the context. I don't always go to someone and say, Hey, I'm terrified. But if I, if I'm speaking to an audience that's a tough conversation. I've got 300 people in the audience. If I'm really nervous, I might say, "I notice I'm shaking a little bit." You guys are scary. Mm. I might make a joke of it, but I'll just acknowledge that that's there and then move on.
0: Mm.
1: And okay. then and then they get it. They're like, "Yeah, I'd be like, who else would be scared if you were standing up here in front of 300 people?" Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel more. I feel more related.
0: Yeah, definitely. And. Uh, you, the first step you have for it is to enroll them, and um, I'm so curious: is this does this have to do with the enrollment, or is that is that something that comes later? What does enrolling mean for you?
1: Yeah, the first step enrollment. So this is this is where you get someone on board with with even just having the conversation. You you're getting their permission, but it goes a little further. Enrollment's enrollment something I got from Landmark Education, which is a word where it's like I want I want to. I want you to be a yes to this conversation, not just getting their permission, but they actually want to have it. And there are two ways that you enroll them. One is you ask permission and you might do it with something as simple as, Hey, do you have five minutes for a potentially awkward yet possibly interesting conversation? That's, that's a simple way to ask permission. Go ahead.
0: Oh, do you have a thought about like, conversations like wanting to ask for a raise. I know that one of the biggest mistakes I've kind of seen people make for me is they'll kind of catch somebody in the hallway and say, Hey, did you have 10 minutes when it's like, if you're asking for a raise or something like that, there's a level of gravity that the appointment holds when you ask via email to put it on their calendar or something like that. Like, is there, is there anything to how you ask for the meeting, um, that sets the tone for it? Like, I know that sometimes when you're walking past somebody, there's like a casual tone versus, you know, emailing and saying, hey, I have some things I want to set aside some time to talk to you about what time is good for you kind of a thing. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. If, if this is an awkward, potentially awkward conversation and you're going to need 10 to 20 to 30 minutes, I wouldn't do it at the water cooler. I might ask permission. Mm-hmm. I might try and enroll them at the water cooler and say, hey, do, do, you have, do you have 15 minutes later today for a conversation? It's potentially awkward yet possibly interesting right you can kind of pique their curiosity and let them know like you know this could be a chargey topic and so you don't have to have the conversation right then you want to find a time that's going to work for them and standing by the water is not a good place because you're going to get interrupted so i wouldn't want to talk about a pay rise or you know some sexual harassment issue standing in the corridor mm-hmm. so i Asking permission is the first is is one way to enroll someone, but also this is where you might also share your hope or intention. Hmm. So do you have do you have you know, 15 minutes for a potentially awkward yet possibly interesting conversation later today? My hope is that our team's going to function better as a result of this conversation.
0: That's a wonderful way to hope, invite somebody. Or, or my,
1: yeah, or my hope is I'll get something off my chest and just feel like I can really concentrate and enjoy my job better. Or whatever it is. You might share your hope if if they don't look like they're an absolute yes to the call or to the to the meeting, that's this is a way of enrolling them. Here's my intention and, and this is why I think it could be good for for, for me us or the team or whoever it is
0: i love that i love that i've actually never heard a term um like a phrase like that with so much intention it's so powerful to let the person know. Because to me, it would be really um, off-putting. I think if you said, do you have time for a potentially awkward conversation? I can imagine somebody's nervous system being like, no, you know, like I don't want to have that. So for you to say, my hope is that there's this wonderful rainbow at the end of this path that we're on together is wonderful. Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's a real leadership move.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and then, so enrolling somebody, just asking for their time and really being mindful about how you ask for their time, d- depending on the gravity of the issue. And then you talked about sharing a fear or concern a little bit earlier, just this idea of saying, you know, I'm worried you're going to think I look like a dickhead, or I'm worried that, and obviously that's, you know, for some conversations, I'm sure at work, you know, dickhead won't move, work as well, but still, you know, like, I'm worried that I'm going to, can you give some examples of ways that people could share their fear at work? Because- I think that some people have more intimidating people they work with and, and it's not um, welcome for them to say like I'm scared of you. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. Just...
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not always appropriate. So yeah. I, I call this an optional step. Step 2 being share a fear or concern. I, you know, with with a client for example, I thought felt it was time to raise client fees and I had this hesitation. And I'm like, why am I, why am I hesitating? Why am I nervous about this conversation? And I realized, one is I, I realized I probably wasn't going to enjoy hearing a no. So that that was like seemed awkward to me. And the other thing I was concerned about is that he might say, you know, it's been really great for this year, but I, I think I'm just ready to stop, and I I'd lose him as a client. And I love coaching this guy. Now I I decided not to share all of that. I just named it for myself. And then I was empowered in going and have the conversation. But let's say, uh, let's say your boss is 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 got a strategy for the for the company, and you're thinking this is not the right strategy. I want to speak up and go against the grain. You might say something like, "You do the enrollment. You know, my hope is that we'll be aligned as a team going forward, and my fear or concern." Is that you might not want to hear a dissenting voice, and uh, I might be very unpopular around here if I speak up. Mm, great. Might be something about that, or you know, if you if you're really set on this, and I'm going against the grain, that you might fire me. Now that's that's bold mm-hmm. to share that, but if that's the truth, how wonderful! I've got one client told his boss that he doesn't feel solid in his job; he doesn't feel really safe. He got this idea that the boss might be going to promote someone else into his position. Turned out it wasn't true. Mm. So how wonderful to get that out and the boss said, "You know what? I got to take responsibility for a lot. I'm sorry to give you that impression. I'm going to change some things about my management style." Mm. It was amazing and it was because this guy shared his fear. Mm. Now, did you have an example of a fear that someone might not share or might not be appropriate to share?
0: You know, I think of the person who's at work right now and their boss is just very intimidating and it's a necessary conversation to ask for a raise and they don't have a yep. chemistry with that person. And, um, you know, cause I think that's the case a lot of the time and, 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 and almost like this thought, like somebody's going to leave their job if something doesn't change kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. how to come in and you know, it's like they're the last person you're going to say I'm scared of you cuz that makes them more scary sometimes versus less. Um, uh,
1: yeah, that's so that's a good one. So if you're scared, I I might not come right out and and share the raw truth like I'm scared of you. That would I think that would be a black belt move yeah. to say something something like I I feel intimidated by you. I've said that to a lot of people. I feel mm-hmm. a bit intimidated around you you know if the boss is intimidating they might understand and go all right I could get that or it might open up a great conversation if you're willing to go there but if you don't want to say that you might just share some of the consequences you're worried about like Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe you'll be upset with me if I say that or if I ask for a raise um trying to think what else I'd be worried about I might be worried about a no I'm worried you'll say no and uh that I might feel disappointed um, or I might just name those fears for myself when I write down in the preparation, and then uh, and not say it, mm-hmm. and just and just stick with the other steps and roll them, and then go on on with the uh, the other steps. It's an optional black belt move to share the fear or concern. Sometimes it can get you more connected mm-hmm. to the person, but as long as you name it for yourself and you know what you're afraid of, then I think there's more power mm-hmm. in that.
0: Mm, beautiful. Okay. And so let's say somebody's kind of enrolled them. They've gotten the time on the calendar or in the, by the water cooler. I love how you talk about the water cooler and yeah. um, they share a fair concern. They're honest. And, um, and then from there they share their issue or they make their request is your third step. So how That's does, right. it, how does it look? Yeah. Let's take, you know what, Maybe we can even, we could take a little example. We've been talking about like Sally, for example, who wants to get a raise and she's got a scary boss you know, uh, so she yeah. maybe emails and says, Hey, you know, um, would love to connect with you in the next week about something. Um, my hope is that it's going to make everything better for the team or whatever. What would you suggest for Sally in this enrollment piece?
1: Oh, so we're going back to step one. Yeah. I'm just
0: going to, re- I'm going to okay. re- remind yeah. everybody the steps and then let's lead into this third one. So the enrollment would look like what?
1: Yeah. So my, my hope might be that I feel really excited about my job and that I'm more productive for the company. And so I might say, knock on my boss's door and say, Hey, can we, can we get lunch sometime this week? I want to talk about my, uh, my job, my role, my career path here. I got some ideas. I want to get your feedback. Um, can we get lunch?
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. And I, then, the sharing the fear concern happens when they walk in, correct?
1: Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd wait until we're having the having the the lunch mm-hmm. and we're talking about it, and then I'll bring it up and say, "All right, now I might reiterate my hope. My hope out of this is that um, that I feel really excited and empowered in my job, and that I'm a I'm a even better contribution to the team. And I'm a little nervous about it, <laughs> so I just want to name that." By the way, that language I just want to name that yeah so powerful That's a black belt move because you're letting the person know what you're feeling you're being relational but you're also letting them know they don't have to do anything with it. They don't have to caretake it they don't have to fix it. It's like I just want to name that
0: love that my one of my closest friends do, do, does that and it completely disarms me every time. So this is wonderful. And so, you know, she walks in, she says, uh, she says this, she wants to name it. And then the third step we're on now sharing your issue, making a request. So how
1: can she, well, let's talk about the fear. Yeah. Um, so my fear might be, uh, let's see. I think, I think my fear, let's just name it first. My fear might be that my boss isn't, going to listen, or that my boss doesn't think I'm worth a promotion, that might be scary, that that, that then I might not feel worthy, and I might feel deflated, and I might, if if this really isn't enough money for me, then that I might need to go and look for another job. Mm -hmm. Those might be my fears. Now, would I tell my boss all that? Let's see. I'm sitting with my boss, you know, my I guess my concern out of this is I might be excited about a bunch of ideas and you might not be, you know, we might not be on the same page, but I'd I'd like to make my case and I'm hoping that that you might agree with me. It might be as, it might be as simple as that, or I might just name them for myself and and skip over that step and we'll jump straight to the issue. Got it. I mean, this is a trick. This is a tricky one. If I'm worried that my boss is, is unpredictable, then my fear might be that, um, that my boss might not let me get it all out, you know might not let might not listen, might start jumping in and start with counterpoints or whatever. So I might say my fear is i my concern I might not say fear. My concern is that I might get jumbled in my thoughts and not and not make a coherent argument. so i'd I'd ask that you give me some space to get it out yeah uh, before you before you respond.
0: and you have your little piece of paper ideally, for this kind of conversation. I brought some notes, if you don't mind, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and I and I wanna make sure that I that I, I'm coherent. So I, I wrote down some notes so I don't forget anything.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great.
1: Then we got step three. Yes. So now it's like let's, we've got to get to it. We've got to share what the issue is and include a request if we can. So so the issue might be, um, I wanna to talk to you about a promotion and a raise. Mm-hmm. And um I've got some, I've got some thoughts and, uh, I'm happy to make my case and, and I might throw in a black belt move here is instead of me just pitching, I might actually listen because, you know, who knows, maybe the boss is, is open or maybe not. So I might say, you know, I got some ideas. I'm happy to make a pitch, but I'm also wondering what you're thinking. You know, maybe you're already thinking that it's time for a raise and a promotion. um, or you're open to me just making my case. Uh huh. Might mm-hmm. check out something like see where my boss is. You know, is a boss ready for a pitch? I don't want to do a pitch to someone that isn't ready for a pitch. Yeah. That's a terrible idea.
0: Okay. And um, as far as making your request, so you know, let's say Sally's sitting there in the room and she's got her notes and she's shared that she's, you know, her concern is being jumbled and if, and she just appreciates their patience, letting her get her words out. Do you ever worry with that kind of vulnerability, because I know that the professional world, you know it's like, is there a lack of professionalism? Do you think I, I don't have an answer because I think it depends on the context of the relationship, but could you do you think it could be misunderstood for somebody to share any vulnerability or any sort of lack of composure in this kind of conversation?
1: Well, I think any, anything could be misunderstood. yeah, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we shouldn't go for it.
0: Yeah, I, I used to work in counterterrorism at the Pentagon. So for me, I'm just picturing wow. these military leaders looking at me, and that would be a shitstorm if I was like, "Hey, guys," I mean, be a little jumbled. They would eat me for breakfast. Like I, well, to, you know
1: what? Yeah, that's shifting. That's also shifting even in the military. Yeah. Now, there's um, Brene Brown in her book Dare to Lead gives an example of a lieutenant colonel I think who's in command of something huge for the Air Force. And there are examples now of people being vulnerable with their troops and saying things like, yeah, you know what, I feel like that too sometimes. Like they actually asked who has felt lonely in the past six months. And then saying, I feel like that too sometimes. And I don't have an answer for you. Too many people are taking their lives and I don't have an answer, but I commit to you to find an answer. Mm. Thought you Humans are humans everywhere. And we have this view of reality, like my boss is not going to handle vulnerability. Hey, maybe yes, maybe no. You can take it too far. If you're the, the CEO of a company and you go to all the shareholders and say, we're screwed. I have no idea how to save this company. And we're losing money by the bucket load. And, uh, and we're just totally screwed. Mm-hmm. That might be how you feel, but you may not go and share that with them. You go and share that with a close friend and get yourself together and then decide how vulnerable you're gonna be. And so Now in this pay, pay rise example, mm-hmm. there's no, I don't think there's a need, to, need for a lot of vulnerability. It could be just getting mainly to the issue. Hey, I feel like I've been contributing really well. I landed these last two clients. Um, I feel like my leadership and my management abilities have really improved and that I'm contributing at a much higher level than I was a year ago. So I want to ask you for a raise.
0: Beautiful. And so you, you sound so direct and clear with that. Um, do you recommend that or how do you recommend somebody get clear? Because I know sometimes with these things, like people could just start going on and on and on, you know, like is the clarity part of this formula, would you say?
1: Yeah, and this is why you prepare. This is—I have six questions. I have people go through. You prepare for the conversation. It's going to put you in a much better position to just say what you want to say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't—I can't guarantee it's not going to be a train wreck, but your chances of being train wreck are much lower if you prepare for it, and then you'll—you'll you'll know what's true for you. This is, this is what I want for you is that you get clear on what's true and you get to express it to this other person. And then, and we, we haven't gotten to step four yet, but then you're going to get relational, really relational and find out what their world is like and get curious instead of just dumping. This, this woman who got the job, who I coached, she realized, she said to me, David, I do tough conversations. I do tough monologues. Oh, my gosh. I just I just dump my side of it and I run. And she, this, was a, this was groundbreaking to her. She's like, wow, I can make my request. I can sham my side of it and then listen and then get curious and find out, you know, who knows? Maybe my boss has got a better idea. Maybe, Maybe a pay rise right now. Uh, is not the best move, maybe there's another promotion that would give me more experience and much more uh, for my resume. And then six months from there, I could get uh, stock options and something else. Well, like, who knows? We just want to get curious mm-hmm. about the other person's world once we've shared our issue and make our request. I mean, you could, you know, thank them. Thanks for hearing me out. Now I want to know what you think. And by the way, this is a great negotiation tactic this is a great enrollment move instead of just dumping your side it's like hey boss what do you think mm-hmm. what do you think about what I've done so far and what my capabilities for the for the for the company do you think that if I was paid thirty percent more that that'd be a great deal for the company
0: hmm so throwing it back at so is this kind of leading into the final step of getting kind of curious and
1: this is the final step. Wonderful. Yep. Jump and... straight in. You want to get curious. Now, you know, even as I developed this technology and developed the steps, I, I just kind of threw in at the end, like thank them for the whole thing and then just, you know, see if they've got anything they want to say. But I've realized, no, this is a major final step. What, what's it like for them to hear that? You know, what's it like for you to hear that, that I want a 30% raise? Aren't you curious? Like, is your boss thinking, great, I'm glad you finally asked or, oh my God, we don't have the budget for that. Like, get curious about their world. And that, that starts to get exciting to me. And, and we're not just coming from the tough monologue position. This is actually now a tough conversation and you're getting relational with your boss, whether or not you get the raise that you wanted you're being relational with another human. And I, and I believe nine times out of 10, it's going to help your connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay. This has been really helpful. And when you come down to, you know, getting curious saying like, how does this land for you? You know, or how are you, what's on your mind with this? Or what do you think of this? you kind of also offer negotiation is is this a place where you can let the other person speak and then weigh in and have a negotiation on the spot like how do you navigate this art of negotiating after you've put all of this out there and gotten curious
1: well what comes up what I what comes up for me when i hear that is err on the side of listening yeah great versus negotiating you've already given your viewpoint you've already uh, made a request i'd like a 30% raise i'd like a promotion to this position whatever you've said this is this is what i want you can even say this is my request mm-hmm. remember a request is not a demand a request is just a request they can say yes no or counter offer so you've already made that now it's the time to really listen it's not the time for negotiating You're actually in a negotiation, but you want to hear what they've got to say. Get curious. Like, what does your boss think about your capabilities? What does your boss think? You know, if your boss thinks you're not ready, what does your boss think uh, you need to do? Mm. Concrete stuff. I want a pen and paper. What do you, what do I need to achieve to prove Mm. that I am, am ready? If you don't have the authority for it, who does have the authority? Like, I'd like to really understand what my boss is thinking. Now, if my boss just says, "I'm so glad you spoke up. It's about time. I've been waiting for it. Thirty percent might be a bit much, but uh, I'll I'll talk to HR and see what we can do." Great, you're done.
0: Yeah, beautiful.
1: You're great. It's done. See what you can do. And if I if we're doing, I'm doing a role play with myself here. But if someone just said. I don't know if we can do thirty percent, but I'll see what we can do. Say, and I'd like to know what would I, what would I need to do to be worth thirty percent. I'd like to have that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You That's know, great. To, to tell me the targets. Put it into a bonus if you want. If I hit the targets, then I, you know, twenty percent goes into salary, and I get another another ten percent added onto my bonus if I hit certain targets. I'd at least like to have the conversation. Now, I just realized when I just said that, I'd at least like to have the conversation. I'm demonstrating one of the important points is I'm letting go of attachment. I'm not attached to the result. I'm committed. And you can hear I'm going for it. And I'm not going to just slink away, but I at least want to have the conversation. Maybe I don't get the result. And, And that's okay, too, but I'm going for it. Beautiful. Is it, that might be a conversation for another podcast about commitment mm-hmm. versus attachment and control. I have to have it versus I have to have my say.
0: Mm. This is so wonderful. Well, this has been enlightening. I'm sure a lot of people took notes. And I, I, I just want to remind them, you mentioned your worksheet earlier. Where can they find this? Is there a link or on your website? Talk to us.
1: Yeah, so- great. You guys can download it for free. There's a worksheet and the four-step blueprint on how to have that tough conversation. Go to playforreal.life. Perfect. That's, it's spelled F-O-R, playforreal.life, and you can download it right there.
0: Wonderful. And um, And then is there any other place that everybody can find you, follow you on social media, stuff like that?
1: Thank you. Well, at the same website at playforreal.life, you can subscribe to my podcast, Tough Conversations with David Wood. Love to have you join me as well as Ashley. And um, if you're involved in the workplace and you'd like your culture transformed and you'd like more people having tough conversations, then check out my just-in-time Tough Conversations coaching for teams and companies. I'm on a mission to transform cultures everywhere and have us doing more talking and less resenting.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much again for being on the show. This has been really enlightening.
1: My pleasure, Ashley. Glad to cyber meet you.
0: Hey guys, it's Ash here and I hope you enjoyed this episode on how to have a tough conversation. If you're anything like me, you love actionable sound bites and things you can take with you. Um, And I know that David really gave a lot of that and I love that he did that for you. So really excited for you to use some of this. Um, I loved his tip about naming when you're uncomfortable and I think just using that with tact and being aware sometimes some environments don't call for that kind of honesty, but also Just to tune in and ask yourself, is this going to help my conversation to name a fear I have or to name a discomfort I have? I was actually reading some research from Harvard Business Review about difficult conversations, And um, nearly 66% of respondents told Harvard Business Review that they're likely to go out of their way with a tough conversation to make the other person feel comfortable. And according to the research, this is actually indicative of having a more successful resolution. So the invitation there, I think, is to scan your body before you're having a tough conversation and check into where you might be feeling combative because, you know, I get really heated for for example as an artist about things that I've created in the world and tough conversations relating to those. For example, my book, my publisher didn't like the title U-Turn. I loved it. I felt super like David and Goliath, like the small little business owner that is an artist up against big business and people in suits who want to change her vision. And it was so challenging to go into these conversations with collaborative energy. Um, and I think that it's powerful to have boundaries. Uh, but I also think going in with an intention, really getting clear of what do you really want out of the conversation and how can you remove um, um, any sort of stickiness and, and disconnect from your energy, so that you could go in with collaborative energy because people who are combative will meet you with combative energy. Um, it's just the, the way it goes. You know, if you're feeling combative, people are going to respond with that. Uh, it's just law of attraction basics. And Um, I was reading the research that 58 percent of respondents feel that negotiating a raise is the most stressful conversation, the most uncomfortable conversation they can have. I think David gave great information on that. And 66 percent of female respondents um, were said to be more uncomfortable, meaning that, you know, surprise, surprise, women are more uncomfortable talking about money than men are still. And I think that one thing you could do for this mission of, of women's empowerment is to be um, outside of that statistic, to really fight that, join me in fighting that statistic and being more fearless and in going into work, setting your intention, you know, doing a scan of your energy and feeling really positive before you walk in and get ready to use these tools that David offered you to have that conversation. Um, and and I think that it's also really important to um, tune into your relationship with your supervisor. Um, most people, by the way, a majority, 85% said that they are likely to prepare for a tough conversation. So I think it's so important that you really determine what you want to get out of the conversation. Do your homework on your worth, You are worth more than a number. But if you're negotiating for a raise. Start to pay attention for what is the market paying for the level of responsibility you're doing. Um, Start to notice what fears are coming up for you so that you don't let those run the show when you're having a conversation. And really come at that with the intention. Come into the conversation um, with the energy of this being two people on the same team working together to solve a problem. So Really, really powerful statistics. um, Really diffuse your emotional charge before you walk into the door or it's gonna show up in the conversation. Cannot wait to hear what you do with these tough conversations. Um, And I just wanna let you know that if you decide you're going to do it, I admire you, um, I, I honor you, and I think that it is just so profound when you have that moment in the workforce, especially where you say, I am avoiding a tough conversation and instead of, of avoiding it, I'm going to start having it. Um, you know and just so you know some things about the workforce 72% of people keep quiet when other people are not pulling their weight at work so 72% are so afraid of having that tough conversation that they're willing to pick up other people's slack and usually that means going to going home later being with your loved ones later because you're picking up other people's slack because you don't want to have a tough conversation you know, 55% of people keep quiet when there's confusion about decision rights. So maybe you don't know if you're supposed to weigh in on something and you're in that 55% of people who just keep quiet. Um, 57% of people keep quiet um, when others resist change. They don't step up and say, hey, this is the new change now. We need to do this. Um, There's just so many statistics. Um, 68% of people who keep quiet when others disrespect someone. Um, It is time for us to have those tough conversations, to set boundaries. um, And there's even statistics indicating that the average cost of a failed conversation is $7,500. So how can you avoid paying the cost of silence? You can create safety. You can... um, check your energy. You can have a better intention. These are just some of the things you can do to have a better tough conversation. I am so grateful you listen to this. I am sure you know somebody who's about to step into a tough conversation. And I would just ask you from the bottom of my heart, please text them this episode on U-Turn Podcast. Please share it. It means the world to me to get it out there. And I know a lot of people need the support and having those tough conversations and standing in their power. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And I can't wait to connect next week.